Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! And the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. Welcome in. Welcome in to this Tuesday edition of the program. Glad to have you with us. And as always, if you can't make the live program, you can always find us as a podcast. We're available on SoundCloud and wherever you listen to podcasts. All you got to do is search for the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. You'll find us there. A reminder, had a couple people ask about the tickets for the IU barnstorming tour of coaches, I guess is what it's been called over the years. That will take place uh, coming up on May 25th, Wednesday at Huber's, and tickets are available online for $50. You can also get a table of 10. You get a little better seating if you do that for 1000 Less right, former Floyd Central AD is the contact for that. And uh, we'll get more information to you. There's a website, the Varsity Club, you can go to to make your reservations to purchase your tickets. But uh, Coach Woodson going to be there. Coach Allen going to be there. Those two big guys are confirmed. Those are obviously the the ones that most fans are going to be most interested in. Uh, But, yes, uh, that is set, and uh, that will be fun next month. Really, a month from now is when it's going to take place, just under a month from now. So it's going to be here before you know it. All right, let's get into the show for today. The show lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Segment one, we've got some headlines, a new scholarship offer for Indiana. Uh, we'll talk about that and, and expect more of those coming out of this recruiting period uh, that is wrapped up here. Also, Andy Katz predicts maybe IU is a favorite for the Big Ten Conference. And he had a couple things to say about that, so we'll we'll tell you what he had to say about the Hoosiers. But IU definitely getting uh, some lofty uh, predictions and thoughts here uh, in the offseason, which I know is exciting for fans, and a lot of it hinges on Trace Jackson Davis coming back. But I think a lot of reason to be excited about this IU roster that's being put together for next season. Also, Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosiers with us in segment number two. Mike spent the weekend at the Nike EYBL stop in Indianapolis. We'll go through some of those key players he saw uh, over the weekend. We'll talk some of the latest with IU recruiting and otherwise with him, including the return of Jordan Geronimo. And then Mike Pegram of Pigs.com is also with us today. We'll talk some IU basketball with him and get into some football as well. And uh, just a, a number of things with this roster for next season that are very intriguing and uh, we'll cover those topics today with both of those great IU sources here on the program. Show lineup a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany check out their dinner package deals which are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go and curbside service still available as well at Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. The Thornton's text line is open. That number is 502 414 
1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Don't forget, Thornton's is the perfect stop for all of the best pick-me-up items you need to get your day started, like their fresh coffee and delicious donuts. And let's get into some headlines for today. There's a lot to get to here on a Tuesday. First off, Parker Stewart, who is in the transfer portal. Well, he no longer is in the transfer portal because yesterday he announced that he is going to transfer back to Tennessee Martin, which is where he played for one season, the 2019-20 season, where he was coached by his father, who would pass away, uh, Coach Anthony Stewart. And then, of course, he became a mid-year enrollee, really a mid-season enrollee at IU during the 2021 season, uh, but did not play until this past season, the 21-22 season that just came to an end. He said on Twitter, one thing I've learned in life is never take time around the people you love for granted. I will be using my additional year of eligibility and will be returning home, in all capitals, home to UTM for my final season. Long live 45 my goal is to complete your mission. Mama, I'm back. So uh, that has some tie-in, obviously, to his father that, uh, again, late uh, coach of uh, UT Martin. And after his passing, that is when Anthony or, uh, Parker rather entered uh, the transfer portal, which uh, led him to Bloomington for really a season and a half. So mixed reviews for Parker this season. Um, I think when he entered the portal, there wasn't a lot of concern from fans uh, but let's hope that he drops down to a level that he can be very effective at or there. Uh, and that's what you'd like to see. I know some of these guys, they don't get playing time, and they get in the portal, and they get another offer at the same level, and they take that offer because they're convinced that they're that level of a college basketball player. But I like to see it when it works out where someone realizes that and I'm not even say, saying that this had anything to do with Parker's situation. Maybe he just wanted to go back to Tennessee Martin. But uh, sometime it works out. Maybe it'll work out for Christian Lander as well if he picks between Iona or Western Kentucky. And just, you know, not a big drop-off. Those are good programs at the mid-major level, great coaches at both of those programs. But sometime just a little bit of a drop can really help somebody as far as what they're able to produce and how they're able to help a team. And let's hope that it works for both Parker Stewart and also Christian Lander uh, when he makes his decision. Andy Katz yesterday, a little video he put out on the Big Ten Network. I, I think it was actually on the, the Big Ten Network's Today program. I saw the clip on Twitter, but he said it's not far-fetched to imagine Indiana as the 22-23 Big Ten favorite and, of course, that has to do a lot with Trace Jackson Davis coming back. But he said if, if Jackson Davis comes back, that he likely will reshuffle his rankings and probably put Indiana uh, at the number one spot. So uh, that is exciting to hear. I think if you're a fan of IU basketball and uh, want to see Indiana at least back in the conversation for uh, the Big Ten race, even though the season is a long way from now, uh, a lot of excitement, a lot of momentum in the offseason for this program as Mike Woodson heads into year number two. I also have been just, just out of curiosity keeping an eye on some of the what I call way too early college basketball rankings that are out there. And I saw Indiana, I think, as high as number 17 based on their roster for next season that's confirmed at this point. Um, I think num right now they're number 18 according to CBS Sports and those guys. Now, if maybe when Trace Jackson Davis 
possibly comes back, uh, and that announcement could be made, uh, I think you'll see Indiana surge even higher than that. But this team is definitely, with or without TJD, going to be considered uh, in the offseason college basketball discussion and, and a lot of the rankings that are out there. Also, one IU recruiting note, a new scholarship offer. Uh, this guy is a senior-to-be, so a current junior in high school. You know, Indiana has been flirting and offering some younger players now. So now back to a 2023 offer, six-foot-five guard, Freddie, I think it's DeLeon of Word of God and Team United. Uh, Word of God is his school. Team United is his grassroots team uh, all out of North Carolina. But he received a scholarship offer from IU on Monday night. I understand he played really good down in Spartanburg, South Carolina. That's where the Adidas event was over the weekend. I know Coach Woodson and also assistant coach Walsh were down in Spartanburg for at least a portion of the weekend. But uh, DeLeon is a a three-star prospect ranked currently at number 142 nationally by 247 Sports. He was watched by IU, Virginia, Auburn, Texas, North Carolina State, and there were some other head coaches that I found in reports that were there to watch him um, over the weekend down in South Carolina. So scholarship offers now for him, Alabama, Indiana, Georgia Tech, LSU, Maryland, Minnesota, Providence, Rutgers, Seton Hall, St. John's, Texas A&M, Virginia Tech, Wake Forest, and Xavier, among others. So he's got a number of big scholarship offers out there, other Big Ten interests as well. But Freddie DeLeon, I think I'm saying that right, of North Carolina, another prospect on the IU radar. And a recruiting note for next year, C.J. Gunn, Indiana All-Star C.J. Gunn out of Lawrence North, he played on a Team Indiana group this weekend of outgoing seniors along with a lot of other Indiana All-Stars in a little four-team tournament, which is really cool. It's in Indianapolis. It's a, a team from Indiana, Michigan, Illinois, and Wisconsin that play. It's a little four-team thing. Everybody gets two games. Indiana won the four-team tournament. It's kind of like a different take on the Indiana All-Stars. It's put on by Prep Ball Stars is the name of the outfit. But uh, Gunn was on the Team Indiana team, and he had 33 points in the first-round game as Indiana was a winner and then came back at uh, at night in the championship game and helped them as well as they beat Team Michigan in the championship. At 33 points was uh, his big outpour of the day, so a good performance from him. And I know a guy that probably has been overshadowed with the commitment of Malik Renault and even some of the other 22 guys, the recruits that are incoming, I think uh, maybe have garnered a little bit more interest, it seems, than Gunn. Gunn was injured uh, at one point in his senior year and uh, at times didn't put up big numbers but really seemed to come on late for Lawrence North. So uh, a guy that we shouldn't forget about. I'm not sure when we think next year on the roster uh, that you're thinking about Gunn being a contributor right away for Indiana, but he definitely is a guy to keep an eye on that maybe can help Indiana from a shooting perspective. I'm not sure that it'll happen in year one as a freshman, but definitely someone that could help in that category as well. And one other note, Mike Woodson is throwing out the first pitch tonight for the Indianapolis Indians game at uh, Victory Field in downtown Indianapolis. So if you're a baseball fan and want to catch a glimpse of uh, the right-handed pitcher, Mike Woodson going to throw the first pitch out tonight. Uh, at uh, Victory Field in Indianapolis. I love bats games. I love the stadium downtown. 
victory field, though, of the minor league fields I've seen. That setting, that back, backdrop, it's the host of the baseball state championships in Indiana. We've had some fun moments there, broadcasting games, a uh, really good place for a minor league baseball game, and Coach Woodson will be there tonight. Uh, as we go to break, I do want to mention this, and we're going to talk more about this at some point today in the show, and I'm not sure how I forgot to mention this coming out of the weekend, but Nigel Pack from Indianapolis, played at Lawrence Central, a great high school player, committed to Kansas State uh, out, of, uh, out of high school, entered the transfer portal. Indiana, I think, flirted with him a bit. He was down to Miami, Purdue, and Ohio State. A lot of people for a while thought he might play in the Big Ten next season. I think that was almost kind of a, a given or a thought when he announced he was entering the portal based on all the Big Ten teams that were interested. Uh, but he committed to Miami, kind of a surprise, because at one point I think Purdue even thought they were going to get him. But he committed to Miami over the weekend. So, again, probably good for Indiana, probably good for the rest of the Big Ten Conference that he doesn't play in Big Ten hoops next year. But a great player. He would have been fun to follow in the conference. The reason I'm bringing his name up today, though, is Nigel Pack signed, I, I've got to believe this is the biggest NIL deal yet, name, image, and likeness deal yet, with a company called Life Wallet that I'm assuming is a digital wallet of some kind. It's going to pay him this NIL agreement with Life Wallet $800,000 total. I think it's $400,000 per year, plus a vehicle will be supplied to him for the next two seasons as well. That is a massive NIL deal compared to some of the other numbers that have been out there compared to some of the other player deals that we're aware of IU players have received. But $800,000 over two years, that's still far from professional money as far as you look at the total dollar figure of a, a rookie minimum or a rookie guarantee, whatever you want to call it. But unbelievable, $800,000. And I think we're going to see more of this kind of stuff at certain programs, Duke and Kentucky and others specifically. But I did want to mention Nigel Pack from Indianapolis staying in college basketball for at least another season signs an $800,000 deal over two years. That is just unbelievable. And uh, we'll talk about that a little bit later today here in the show. We'll head to a commercial break. We'll come back with Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier. Also still ahead, Mike Pegram of Pigs.com. A lot of IU basketball and recruiting and talk about Jordan Geronimo and so much coming up. The Thornton's text line is open, 502-414-1450. If you've got a question or topic you want me to bring up, this is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. I'll handle this the way I want to handle it now that I'm here. You it up to begin with. Now just sit there or leave. I don't give a what you do. Now, back to the game. Here's Matt Dennison. Back here on this Tuesday program, Thornton's text line is always open during the show, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Mike Schumann of the DailyHoosier.com, at Daily underscore Hoosier on Twitter. He's a good follow. He's with us right now to talk IU basketball, recruiting, and more. And, Mike, um, I'm hoping for Parker Stewart, who I, I don't think we ever saw the best of Parker Stewart this season for whatever reason. 
but I'm hoping that him at Tennessee Martin kind of return home to where his father coached before he passed away. I'm hoping that can be a good uh, kind of going home story and that Parker will finish out his college career and play a big role at that mid-major level school next year. Yeah, that, that's a real easy story to, to root for next year, isn't it? I mean, I think he, you know, he, he's just a kid that, you know, has obviously gone through a very tough situation in his life. He's obviously very close to his father, uh, actually transferred down from the high major level to, to go play for his father at UT Martin. And I think as most people know, his father passed unexpectedly right before the 2020-21 season. That's how he ended up at IU. Um, it, it just, it, for a variety of reasons, uh, including, uh, and this is speculation on my part, I, I just don't think he was, you know, where he needed to be in a, from a mindset perspective to, to have a, a good season last year. He, he obviously had some great moments and did some promising things for Indiana. But, you know, I, like I said, I think looking forward to next year, I think he's found a good spot, hopefully, you know, both for his game and for his, you know, mentally what he needs to, to be right. And I, like I said, I think it's just a real easy story to look at and hope it all goes well for him next year. Yeah, definitely. And I said this in segment one today, um, I, you know, I, who, I, I'm not going to be the judge of the level of, of a guy. Should he play high major? Should he play mid-major? Is he D2, NAIA, whatever? There's so many different levels, and most of them are really, really good. It doesn't matter the level. But when you see Parker Stewart go back home, in a sense, to UT Martin, and then Christian Lander, I know we talked about him last week. If he were to go to Iona or Western Kentucky, both of those are really good programs. They're just a step or two below the Big Ten Conference in most situations. I think it's good when you're willing to take a step back and drop down just a bit because I could see Christian Lander at one of those schools playing a much bigger role and having success. And I think we all agree Parker Stewart could be fantastic at UT Martin. So there's a lot of negatives about the transfer portal. Uh, but one of the good ones is if you uh, get overshot a little bit, maybe you can find a place where you can really contribute. Yeah, I've had a similar thought along those lines. I mean, it just kind of feels like the, the portal doesn't lie in terms of what your options are coming back out of it on the other side. And, and I would completely agree. I, I kind of hoped that, you know, Christian Lander would, you know, take a step down just to, you know, for, for another kid that I think just mentally has to, you know, reprocess, reboot, so to speak, and, and kind of get everything going again. I think he's way too good of a player to struggle as much as he has the last couple of years. And I think just a fresh start kind of out of the spotlight at a, you know, what is still a very competitive level of basketball might be exactly what he needs. Um, you know, what even Rob Fennessy needs. I, I, I'm, I'm genuinely curious to watch all these guys and see, see how things play out for him. All right. Mike Schumann, the daily Hoosier, my guest, I want to get to recruiting, uh, here in a moment, because you spent the weekend, I think the entire weekend, out on the road uh, there at the EYBL. I know it was close to home, but you uh, kind of got a taste of what the coaches go through evaluating and, and playing that game all weekend long. But before we do that, uh, Jordan Geronimo confirmed, announced on Sunday that he's back for a third season at Indiana. Uh, what does this mean? What does his return mean to you for this IU team and roster next season? Well, the thing that really jumps out about 
his decision to me is that, you know, I, I don't feel like, you know, I don't know what's being communicated to him, but, but I don't feel like he has like a clear, you know, significant minutes role next year. Um, I think he has to earn it, um, whether that be at the three or the four. And, and that's what I find fascinating about it. You know, Indiana's recruited, you know, like a Malik Renault, Grace Thompson's coming back, you know, you know, at least through the first two years of his career, you look at Geronimo as more of a four than a three. I know he wants to, you know, expand his game out to the perimeter more next year, but, but he's making a decision that, you know, is forcing him to develop, forcing him to potentially put himself in a position where he doesn't play a lot unless that development comes. I think it says a lot about who he is as a person that he's, you know, challenging himself. I'm sure there's places he could go as well and, and have more, a more clear path to playing time uh, next year as well. And I, I also think it speaks highly of the program itself that, that Mike Woodson has put together because, you know, a lot of times guys just like Geronimo going into their third year from, you know, New Jersey, obviously nowhere near Bloomington, um, not a clear path to playing time. But those are the guys you see go um, and really, you know, I'll say this delicately, but but I'm not sure anyone that Indiana, you know, pushed hard to come back for next year has decided to transfer. I think the guys that they, they really hoped and wanted to come back next year, including Geronimo, are coming back. So it, it speaks to the the uh the culture that's being built, the the positive vibe that's going on in the in the locker room. So that one, you know, I always felt that he could go either way and I felt like it spoke volumes about both him and the program that that he decided to stay could Geronimo uh, with continued development and more opportunities could he maybe have uh, an NBA future in his uh, sights yeah I I think he could I mean he reminds me kind of as I think he's a step behind OG Ananobi where where he was when he was at Indiana but that progression from you know OG was more of a four and turned himself into a, you know, really a right on the edge of being an NBA all-star at, at a three. I mean, he's had a great playoff series here, and it, he's really progressing each year. Injuries have kind of set him back. But I, I see Geronimo on that same path. Like, he started out as a four. He really has to develop more wing skills, you know, better ball handling, better vision, uh, you know, step up his shooting to get kind of north of that 35% line. I think if you if he does that, um, you know, he obviously has the, you know, the athletic skills. He's got the intangibles, like a wingspan of plus six, which is just crazy. Um, I, I definitely think he can get there. I think he's just the guy that started his basketball career, his real focus and purpose with the game a little bit later than others. So he's he's a bit behind. But the good thing about him specifically is he's got that extra year of college eligibility. So I think that probably bought him some time to, you know, with three more years, I, I think the sky's the limit for the kid. Mike, let's talk about your uh, EYBL viewing this weekend. I think that EYBL is the class of the class when it comes to the best talent, the most organization, uh, really good opportunities, whether you're a coach or media or fan, to see a lot of great players. And I'm excited because I couldn't make it up to Indy this past weekend 
but I am planning to make it just across the river to Louisville here in May when the EYBL returns to, to this area again for a second session, uh, which is really unique and kind of tells you this part of the country. Uh, just great to see this kind of quality basketball come here on a pretty regular basis. But what, what did you see overall? And then we'll dive into some specific players that maybe you want to talk about that IU coaches were watching as well. Yeah, I guess to the overall point and to what you said, you know, about it being kind of the premier circuit, um, you know, I think what you can easily quantify that by um, my, my son was actually helping me keep track of this because he went to some of the games with me. Uh, we, we saw 13 of the 14 Big Ten head coaches at the event um, over the course of the weekend. So it, it's obviously very high profile. Um, you know, I, I you know, I'm sure the Adidas and UAA circuits would, would argue with who has the best, but it seems to me year in and year out that the, the, the top line circuit is the Nike EYBL. Um, you know, it, it really is a who's who of uh, people, you know, coaches, former players, um, you know, even the teams that are sponsored by the the uh, former or current or former NBA players make a showing there. We saw Bradley Beal, Carmelo Anthony. So it, it really is a neat event for, for people in your viewing or listening area. I would definitely recommend just going as a fan and just kind of taking it all in. And it, it's really high level basketball too. I mean, these kids are competing for, for, you know, offers they're competing for spots in the, at the, D1 level. Not every one of these guys is a star. Some of them are really trying to, you know, use this as their last chance to really gain exposure. And so you end up seeing a lot of really high-level play. You know, people think of AAU as, you know, a thing where people don't play defense, but that's really not the case. There's a lot of really high-level play on both ends of the court, and it's fun to watch. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Players you saw, uh, who were the IU coaches tracking closely and uh, of those guys, who stood out the most to you? Well, kind of starting with the the more the classes that are kind of more top of mind right now, 2023 being the, the oldest guys playing. Um, the guy that really stood out to me was somebody I just offered here a couple of weeks ago. His name's Arrington Page. He's a 6'8", 6'9", big man, uh, Atlanta area. Really, really impressed with the kid's motor. I mean, that, that's just something you can't teach. I mean, I, you know, sometimes you'll, you'll watch a big man in AAU and they kind of fade out of the picture because, you know, the, the guards kind of dominate everything. But he finds a way to, to get himself involved, whether it's contesting shots or running the court, you know, getting rebounds. I mean, the guy is just constantly um, – going and I, I think it resulted in some really high level play I think I went back and added up he was 21 of 26 from the field over the weekend uh, at one point had three IU coaches watching him so I think they're really serious about about Arrington Page as a prospect uh, going forward here um, uh, they, they also watched KJ Evans who's a already named his top five to include Indiana. And it sounds like he's going to be coming down to, to Bloomington to visit in June. He's teammates with Jalen Huchofino and Malik Renault. Uh, so, you know, obviously some good inroads there, but it's, you know, he's a top five kid nationally in the class of 2023. So that's a highly competitive recruitment with Kentucky, Oregon, Auburn and uh, UCLA, I think, is the fifth school involved there. So that, that one's going to be tough. But he's, he's just a clear, 
you know, the, the appeal to him is very clear. He, 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 everything he does has the look of the, the modern NBA player with, you know, six, nine, six, ten, plays out on the perimeter, runs the court, shoots threes, has all a complete NBA skill set. So he, he didn't play as well as I would have expected. Um, but he, he's a guy that's already, you know, he's already established himself as a, a high major guy, you know, a, a five-star guy. He might drop a little bit in the rankings, but, but he, he's somebody that I was going to push hard on and try to keep that Montverde train rolling, if you will. I think it's a good sign. I know some would argue against this and say until you land them, it doesn't matter because schools can recruit and contact uh, anyone they want. But for Evans to have Indiana in his top five and to be uh, a top five player really in his class, I think uh, that with the other success uh, commitments, players that I use involved with, I think there's a lot of reason to be very hopeful that uh, Mike Woodson can lead a good recruiting operation. He obviously had no experience in that coming from the NBA as a lifetime uh, NBA coach, head coach, assistant coach after his playing days. But I tell you, he, he lucked into Kenya Hunter sticking around, I think. And I think that mm-hmm. was realized by his promotion to uh, co-associate head coach. And also for Yasir Roseman to be a young guy uh, already to rise up to the, the associate head coach rank at, at a school like Indiana so quick. Uh, I think that Coach Woodson recognizes and the school recognizes, I know fans do, uh, what those two guys have done to help Woodson uh, really seem like a great recruiter so far. I mean, if you just judge his recruiting successes so far, I mean, you've got to give him a great score. And uh, I think those two guys have been invaluable. Yeah, I mean, recruiting is a results-oriented business. It doesn't matter, you know, how much Woodson is kind of taking the lead or how much he's out on the road. It's just the results. And so far, you really can't argue with what's going on. You know, they've They've got three guys in the last year that are right on that fringe of, you know, five-star, which, you know, ties into the Evans discussion because I think it's interesting with him specifically, you know, kind of as, as they continue to make inroads at prep schools like Mount Bird and they, they continue to, you know, gain traction with these high-end kids, you know, what direction do they want to go? Do they want to be like the Kentuckys and Dukes of the world and really compete for kids like Evans? Uh, top 10 kids that are most likely one and done, or do they kind of try to stay in that, that what I call Villanova sweet spot of, you know, just outside those kids, more guys that project as contributors from year one, but are probably going to give you two, three, four years uh, of really high end play, like a Malik Renault, like a Jalen Hutchifino. So I think it'll be real interesting to see which direction the staff goes, but, but you're absolutely right. You know, Kenya Hunter is a guy that, you know, he, he, his connections at Montbert are, are really key. And, and I think we all kind of scratched our head when when Woodson hired you see Rosamond because we, you know, he didn't have a lot of name identity. Um, most people didn't really know much about him. But, you know, the, the main thing with him, and you're seeing it pay off time and time again, is he's really tied in in the southeast, specifically Georgia, which I think we've all come to realize here in the last year is just a, a hotbed of, of high school talent. It's really taken the lead over Indiana and, and other traditional uh, talent pools, at least here in the, in the classes of 2023 and 2024, and that's why Rosamond has just been so valuable to this program. All right, uh, keeping it with recruiting, uh, Jalen Harrelson, I believe you got a chance to see him over the weekend 
He plays on one of the Indy Heat teams. Uh, obviously a young prospect in the class of 2025. Indiana has offered that is becoming a really good class in Indiana and the Midwest because in, in Indiana you've got not only Harrelson at Fishers but also Sicily at Heritage Hills who both appear at this early juncture to be high major players. Is it possible Harrelson maybe is the best prospect in the state right now even though he's so young, I've heard just raving reviews, not only about who he is, what he can do as a player right now, but what maybe he could do down the line a bit. I mean, I think it's a fair thing to, to at least talk about. I, I watched him a couple of times during the high school season, and I think he's even developed beyond where he was during the, the high school season. You, you watch him and you don't see a kid that is um, – out of place playing up a year, which he is doing. He's a, coming out of his freshman year, but he's playing in the 2024 class for AAU with the Indy Heat. And and I would even go so far to say, based on what what I saw, he, he would be fine playing up two years. I mean, he's just such a natural. I saw somebody say the other day that he's still only 14. I, I, I can't believe that's right. Um if it is, it's just even more amazing. But, he, you know, 14, 15, wherever he's at, coming out of his freshman year, I mean, he is 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six even, incredibly polished from a skill perspective. He is a true point guard, um, incredibly quick, handles well, has great vision, um, has a good-looking shot. Uh, I, I see no holes in the kid's game, and I would be surprised if he doesn't stay right on that, you know, five-star uh, track throughout his career. I, I think he's going to be a clear, clear high major, clear guy that Indiana pushes as hard as they can for. The, the, the in-state classes have been down the, the last couple of years. It's not the case in 2025 with him. And as you mentioned, Trent Sicily, who's playing on the same 2024 Indy Heat team, also playing up the year, uh, which I think is a great opportunity for Sicily. I, I spoke a little bit with his father there at the event you know he he talked about you know just the experience that he's getting you know as a high school freshman he was the center of attention uh getting beat up on a lot now he's going against you know really high-end athletes on the eybl and he's holding himself up very well i think you know he'll be another guy that's right there you know top 50 type kid so Two two great prospects for IU, kind of looking out a few years. Yeah, good stuff. Uh, Mike Schumann, the Daily Hoosier, with us talking IU basketball. Mike, as we close out our conversation today, uh, what's next on the recruiting trail? I know that there's an EYBL stop in Louisville coming up in May, but really as far as coaches go, uh, there will be some visits that they will make going out to, I guess, high schools or in-home visits possibly some visits on campus as well. But as far as viewing players, uh, that is it until late June, I believe, correct? Yeah, I think that's right. I think the next slide period goes, you know, everybody shifts to more going back to their high school teams in, in the month of June, at least in Indiana and a lot of other states. And I think there is an opportunity uh, in June for, for coaches to see kids with their high school teams. Um uh, this coming weekend, it won't be a live period for coaches, but there's the, the event up in Fort Wayne that a lot of people, including Harrelson and Sicily, as well as IU Commit, Gabe Cups, and a lot of other, you know, EYBL and crossover Adidas teams, you know, they'll be playing against each other. 
at that event uh, this coming weekend in Fort Wayne. So that's another opportunity for fans to, to get out and see see some of these players. All right, final question for you. Any surprise Sean McNeil committed to Ohio State and IU lost out on him? And any update on Dexter Dennis, the other big name that's in the portal still from Wichita State? Um, I, I can't say that I was surprised that McNeil didn't go to IU. I never felt like there was a strong connection there uh, based on people that I talked to. I know that there was noise about Louisville being the strong connection, so I guess there was a surprise on that end. I, I really wasn't tracking that aspect of it too closely. Um it's always kind of surprising when a kid commits right coming out of his visit, which which he did in Columbus. So I don't know if maybe, true, truth be told, he, he had a strong leaning towards Ohio State and they just did a good job and sold him. Or perhaps it's, you know, seeing a fit there with uh, Justin Arns and Malachi Branham, you know, both likely gone next year. And there's just a clear spot for him to, to step in and take on a starting role. Uh, that that's probably the more likely aspect of it. You know, you got a fifth year guy that's you know looking to make sure he doesn't end up somewhere where he doesn't have, a, you know, a clear path of starting. As far as Dennis goes, um, you know, I know he visited IU last week. I know he went to Clemson right thereafter. There's been noise about other interest in his recruitment, so I'm, I'm not real sure to be honest where where he stands at this moment. I, I had a sense that, that he might actually, you know, flip the switch and go to IU similar to McNeil right after the visit, but that didn't happen. And anytime you get farther and farther away from a visit and other people show interest, you never quite know what's going to happen. Yeah, good stuff. Mike Schumann, thedailyhoosier.com. Make sure you check out his great work, including a lot of coverage from all the recruiting happenings at the Nike EYBL stop in Indy over the weekend. Mike, it's always great to chat with you on Tuesday. Let's do it again next week. Sounds great, Matt. We'll head, absolutely. We'll head to a commercial break. We'll come back with more IU basketball. We'll get into some college hoop stuff as well. And Andy Katz's comments yesterday that IU could maybe be the Big Ten favorite with Trace Jackson Davis if he were to return. We'll do that and more with Mike Pegram of Pigs.com in the final segment today. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this and for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach. You got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. Welcome back. Final segment here on our Tuesday program. Mike Pegram of Peaks.com, always my guest in this segment. We're going to talk IU basketball, maybe a foot, little football, uh, and some college hoops in general. And, Mike, I, I kind of want to start with the things in general, college hoops in general this offseason. Indiana getting a lot of love. And, of course, if Trace Jackson Davis were to return to Bloomington for another season, I think that's even going to increase the – level of uh, discussion and uh, hype that IU Hoops is getting this offseason. Andy Katz yesterday mentioned that if TJD comes back, he would have to reshuffle his rankings and probably put IU 
at the top of the Big Ten Conference, and I've seen Indiana, I think, as high as number 17 in some of these way early college basketball ratings. But it's clear to me, no matter what happens with Trace, but specifically if he comes back, I think even more, IU's going to be a program that gets a lot of talk this offseason. Yeah, I think Trace coming back added to this late edition of uh, Malik Renault uh, really would make Indiana uh, uh, give them tremendous depth inside. And and, uh, and then with uh, the guys they have coming back in the backcourt, um, additions they have in the backcourt, especially Jalen Huchifino, uh, I can see why they would be, I think, one, two, one or two in the projections for next year. Mike, uh, Trace Jackson Davis, I'm – I'm sure this topic, this question of some sort, uh, a lot of different ways to phrase it, but we're we're getting at the same thing. It's going to come up a lot between now and into the month of June. Uh, when will we get a read on what could happen? Obviously, there's a deadline, a stated deadline, where he has to withdraw if he's going to return to school. But when will we get a read? Is it the NBA Combine when those invites go out? Uh, is it after the Combine if he were to get an invite? When do we start to figure this out maybe ahead of time? Well, I think the combine date is uh, notable. Uh, I think the combine is May 16th, uh, runs for five days or something like that. And then he has to pull. And then I think about 10 days after that, the day he has to pull out, which is around June June 1st. Uh, so I would say that we would know either he doesn't get a combine and, and, and offer and, and feels like, well, maybe I'm just not going to get drafted because of that and then he announces something like the second week of may or this drags on until the end of may one of those two i believe all right uh, mike uh, want to talk some other general college stuff with you nigel pack who was a great player at lawrence central i really liked his game as a high school guy uh committed to kansas state in the portal uh, thought he might go to Purdue and would be a real nemesis to IU for at least a season or two, uh, but he chose Miami in kind of a surprise over the weekend, spurning Purdue and also a, an opportunity at Ohio State. So probably good news there for IU fans. But I could not believe the NIL deal uh, that Nigel got, and it may, especially at Miami. I know it's a big city, a big school, but $800,000 over two years and a vehicle – Uh, he's going to play pro ball one day, probably sooner rather than later. I don't think there's any question about that. But were you surprised to see Nigel Pack pull in that much money through NIL? And do you think that it's possible for a player at Indiana to bring in that kind of money? Or maybe is it already happening? Well, I think players in Indiana, like a Trace Jackson Davis level name, can pull in six figures. But $400,000 a year, I think that's above – current market value of what we've seen already but we're only into like the second year of this nil world and that blew my mind man i must admit it's, you know miami um doesn't have a great following in basketball but they've they've found a way to get four hundred thousand. i don't know if it's really smart i mean he was playing on a, a he put up good numbers but for a bad team and sometimes that can be deceptive well, so we'll see if the market holds as some of these guys come through for those who put out some money and and keep that market up in you know half a million dollars a year range, which just again blows my mind. 
you know, last week was a crazy week for college basketball with with Jay Wright leaving. It was a good week for IU with Renault committing to the program, coming in for next year. But I thought overall it was a really good week for college hoops. I don't have the list in front of me right now, but a number of really good college basketball players made the announcement, made the decision last week to return to school, really over the last few weeks to return to school and not pursue NBA opportunities. And there, there will be more that decide uh, over the next month or so that they'll come back. And there'll be a few that there'll be some that keep their name in the draft. Some should, some probably shouldn't. But uh, I think NIL is beginning to really affect those borderline prospects, uh, keeping them in at least for another year or so, uh, because I, I think college hoops is going to be better next year from top to bottom because of NIL. And it's still very early on in this whole deal. I think NAL is going to bring it back to it was, Matt, where clear first-rounders go and the second-rounders are possible not draftees. A lot of those guys will not go now because they'll make guaranteed money at their school. And uh, so I, I really think that's kind of where it's headed. It depends on what school and what's upper, you know, what the NIL opportunities are, but I think we'll kind of revert to where it used to be. Mike Pegram, Peaks.com, is my guest. Uh, you know, we don't talk as much about C.J. Gunn. Uh, I bring him up with you from time to time. But as an in-state guy, I think the 2022 class, there was just some hype and excitement around other players and maybe the unknown about him being not from Indiana. And, of course, now Malik Renault has really stole the spotlight in that class along with Hood Shafino. But C.J. Gunn had a big outpouring, 33 points in a little all-star tournament over the weekend against some – really good competition, and I'm not sure what his role will be next season, but is he somebody that could come in, maybe not in year one, but year two, and help Indiana with its shooting problems? The few times I've seen him play and following some of his stat lines, I think he's a pretty effective and pretty reasonable shooter, isn't he? Yeah, you know, he's gotten better at shooting, and he's gotten a touch taller in my mind, uh, just just from watching him uh, last year versus today, and you know, I'm not going to tell people that I expect him to be a main rotation guy, but it would not shock me at all because he brings a lot of things that the, that's missing from the team. And he really showed an ability to take a couple dribbles, step up uh, deep and go straight up and knock down shots. And, um, you know, that's not against great competition, so we'll see. But if there's a sleeper guy, um, you know, I kind of feel about, feel about the same way about Trey Galloway last year, maybe a guy that was under the radar and ended up playing quite a bit. Maybe that's C.J. Gunn for this, maybe next season, but possibly this season if, if the shooting is not coming from other guys. All right, Mike, the uh, transfer portal deadline to enter is coming up here in just a few days on May 1st. Your prediction, I, I think at this point, probably nobody else entering the portal unless there's a surprise last-minute change of mind. Is that your read on things? Yeah, I think there'll still be some interesting guys to, to put their name in, but we're down to just uh, four days or something that they're allowed to come out. Right now, Indiana's focused on Dexter Dennis and nobody else, and I think they have a philosophy of just grabbing one guy if they really like that guy, and I think they've decided that they do like him. And it's you know it's definitely possible that somebody else could catch their attention these next four days, but there's nobody else I think that's already announced their name that really uh, is a real possibility. All right, Mike Pegram, Peaks.com. He joins us on Tuesdays. Mike, uh, thank you very much. We'll catch up again soon. All right. Talk to you next week. Take All care. right. That's going to wrap things up here on this Tuesday program. Uh, thank you for being with us. Uh, I know the off season is different when you're 
in season. You got a lot of games and things to look forward to on a regular basis, but when it's recruiting and transfer portal, whatever it is, we're going to do our best to cover it and bring a great guest on to give you their thoughts and opinions each day. And again, fortunately, uh, this IU team, there's a lot of stuff in the offseason to, to think about, a lot of stuff to talk about. And we'll continue to do that each day at 11 a.m. while mixing in some local Southern Indiana flavor as well. Have a great Tuesday. Back with you Wednesday at 11 a.m. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.